Welcome on into the Superintendent Radio Network and Episode 2 of the Talking Turfweeds podcast brought to you by our friends at Corteva AgriScience. Over the course of this year, Talking Turfweeds will highlight four different troublesome weeds with perspective and advice from agronomic experts. I'm Matt Lowell, Managing Editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine, and I'll be joined today for a conversation about POA with one of those experts, Kaylin Kanoki. She's the Southeast Turf and Ornamental Territory Manager for Corteva, has a lot of great experience, a lot of practical experience, and she talks with a lot of turf pros. Before our conversation, though, a quick word from Corteva AgriScience. From the fairway to the green, your turf matters, and Corteva AgriScience is here to help you defend it. The turf and ornamental portfolio from Corteva AgriScience helps you tackle tough weeds and other course challenges quickly, so you can focus on what matters most. With a full spectrum of herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides developed to keep your course in check, you'll spend less time battling troublesome turf challenges and more time building a picture-perfect experience for your members. Corteva AgriScience. Growing agriculture. Kaylin Kenoki, after the break. Kaylin, welcome to Talking Turf Weeds. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to be here and talk all things POA. <laughs> Excellent. So, POA. I feel like is discussed at every course I go to, most often in a negative fashion, sometimes in a, in a positive fashion, oddly enough. And I think everybody listening knows what POA is, but just in case, just from your perspective, what is your working definition of this grass or for the purposes of this podcast series, talking turf weeds, this weed? first word that comes to my mind is pesky. <laughs> Maybe that's not a definition, but I think it speaks for itself. It is a, it's a tough one. And it's definitely been one that we've been talking more and more about as years have gone on. It's really been an, or become a troublesome weed over the last several years and defining it has been pretty tough. I think it's really changed from a textbook answer. POA is a, an annual weed that germinates in the fall and emerges in the winter and the spring. But what we've seen over time is that it's actually, in some cases, becoming more of a perennial. It's actually making its way through the spring into the summer and sticking around for, for the next season. So a definition is, is tough, uh, but it is a tough one to control. It is pesky, and uh, it's, it's just become a really difficult thing to, to talk about here in the fall and in the winter. Where you've seen it become a perennial, I don't even know if it would need to be reclassified as I didn't take Latin in high school, Poa perennia, maybe. But where have you seen it become more of a perennial than just an annual? Yeah, I'm I'm down here in the southeast. So it's it's can be in pockets. Obviously, things typically work their way from the southern regions up when it comes to weeds like this, where it's changing its life cycle. Obviously, we're feeling some different changes with heat and rainfall as well as the years go on. So it's not necessarily tied to one specific state or region within a state, 
but it can be localized throughout different regions of the Southeast. So it's kind of hard to answer. Um, and it could be that one course could have some POA that's perennializing and then a course next door might not. So that's, that's the tough thing too, is there's really no rhyme or reason to it. That sounds like the worst kind of nightmare for any turf <laughs> professional. Most definitely. That's why it is, you know, we're in the thick of the season now. So it's top of mind always. And you just try to have a good plan for it going in. In terms of not really knowing where you're going to see this more perennial form of POA, maybe this isn't a fair question, but in your research and your field work, where do you see POA most often geographically, time of year, any, any maybe guidelines that you can provide in, in your expertise here for, for folks who are probably trying to eradicate it from their courses? For sure. Uh, you know, POA is a national issue. When we look at some data across the industry, it typically shows up in the top three to five weeds that folks deal with. And although it is a national weed, if you will, uh, it does have more difficulties in certain regions. So in Southern turf types or more warm climates where you get warm season turf types that go dormant in the winter, where you get some of those colors of the turf to go a little bit more brown and you've got POA that's this bright green color, that's one that it's very visual in the Southeast. So although the Northeast definitely struggles with POA, it is more of a visual issue uh, sometimes in the Southeast or in areas where you get more dormancy happening when we see that emergence happen in the winter. In general, if everybody deals with POA as they do, you're typically gonna see it first in those really shady areas because soil temps are cooling a little bit quicker. So shady areas also typically lead to lower turf quality or turf health, which is why you're able to see POA a little quicker because there's not as much competition. So that's a good telltale sign that things are starting to pick up if you're seeing POA in these shady areas that it's everywhere else, it's not far behind. So it is really important to scout and kind of keep your eyes open for that. Just kind of as a, an agronomic point here, typically POA germinates in the soil when soil temps get down to 70. So it's starting to cool back off. Soil temps take a while to change rather than air. You know, we could see various air temps within a day or a week where your soil temperatures stay a little bit more static. So it's really important to manage soil temperatures as well to understand what areas are going to see POA first. So go out with all the proper equipment, go out with soil readers and, and everything else. Is, is there a, maybe a, a guideline, a general point uh, or a range, Kaylin, where say the air is 78, 80 degrees, that the soil would typically get to 70 or is it really just more of a, a range and, and geographic differences? Yeah, range and geographic difference for sure. So it also depends on your soil type and your location to the coast and different things of that nature. So, and as I mentioned, it, it is very core specific. That's the thing that we've found with POA in general. So it is really based on what you're working with, your air movement. Obviously, if your course has more trees than others, that affects the air movement that also affects the soil temperature just because of the air movement as well. So it is very, very core specific. So if you as a superintendent have the means to go out and take soil temps, that's ideal. Obviously we're working against mother nature and the clock here. So it, it's not always easy to get out, out there and actually take those soil temperatures. So using those agronomic visuals as we see POA pop up in the shade, 
that's a great place to uh, kind of start and say, oh, I know Poe is on the way because I've already seen it in some of my early areas. Maybe this is one reason to keep a few trees around. So many superintendents who I talk with always try to get rid of trees and they always try to sell members or owners on, on let's take out X number of trees this year. If you take out all the trees, you're going to lose your first line of sight <laughs> for, for Poa. That's a good point. That's a good point. There's a lot to go into that on, um, on that conversation for other agronomics at different times of the year as well. So that's, that's difficult. And I think that's the, the challenge of, of being a superintendent too, is you have to weigh all of these different aspects of managing turf throughout a year that can be drastically different. So yeah, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> when you're out in the field or, or shows, you go to a lot of uh, shows and, and industry events as well, I know. Mm-hmm. When you're talking with golf course superintendents and, and other turf pros, be it sport field managers or, or anybody else in this industry, is there a consensus on POA in terms of stance, opinion, uh, where they're coming from? Or, or is it like everything else in this conversation is a little more wide ranging and nuanced and gray? Most often people just want to have a plan and take care of it. It's, it's really almost gotten out of hand as far as just the general control and the idea of control to it, it changes. Some, some control for others is different in other areas. So maybe the threshold of having a few POA plants can be different in one course versus the next. So overall the stance is, yeah, we need to get rid of it, or we need to come up with a plan to control it pretty much across the board. What are some of the range of plans that you've seen or you've heard of, whether it's directly or, or just anecdotally through, through the industry grapevine, so to speak? Yeah, that's, you know, what we're here for as a, a territory manager with Corteva. We're here to help talk about programs, talk through things, not just through the portfolio that Corteva provides, but how can we use all of the tools in the toolbox to make sure we keep these chemistries around for years to come? So we have folks that are really heavy on a pre-emergent program. We're starting to see more folks utilize pre and post-emergent. There's also some that just want to wait to this till the spring and post it out and, you know, just kind of see what's going to happen through the fall. Maybe it's not going to be such a, such a bad fall and you're going to be clean in the spring. So they rely on post-emergence as a just in case. We've also started to see some more non-selective post-emergence be used when we get fully dormant. Now, obviously that only happens typically in areas where you do see full dormancy. So transition zone, maybe Northern parts of some Southern states, but you do need to typically be fully dormant for those options. And we've actually, I've heard some, you know, more anecdotes out in the market about folks thinking or starting to use plant growth regulators as a means to try to keep seeds down or seed head suppression to stop the growth when we get to the spring. Uh, Now I haven't necessarily seen that data, but I've just kind of heard that throughout the market. So when you say, let's turn to everything in the toolbox, now we have folks turning to PGRs for Even, Republican. Yeah. Well, that's wild. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, again, uh, that's one that's being talked about. I have not had experience seeing that firsthand, but I, you know, it's an interesting thought for sure. And it's, we have to get creative with something like POA just because it is becoming such an issue and resistance is really the, the key word here as to why we, we have to throw a lot of things at it to make sure we keep everything around. With POA, again, as you mentioned near the top of the episode, becoming in some places more of a perennial rather than an annual, do you think that'll affect how 
turf pros approach this becoming more of a perennial? Do you think there will be more folks who use pre and post emergent or am I reading too much into this? No, I hope so. I think that's a way that we need to look into it to make sure we don't kind of perennialize polo. I'm not saying it happens everywhere, but let's try to stop that from happening. So utilizing a pre and a post, I think is a great program because you can stop what's coming up as an annual and hopefully post things out that have either either germinated already in the season or maybe they have been able to hang around. So kind of a one-two punch is a really great way to, to go about thinking about a POA program. Also, when you look at a post and a pre, they have different modes of action. So when we talk about resistance management, you're going to target the plant in different places, which is really helpful because in one form or fashion, that plant is going to get a product to take up and hopefully die. So I think that is the way of the future to, to make sure that we keep these chemistries around by utilizing multiple modes of action in one shot or one season. Interesting. So pre and post-emergence, some folks, again, it's, it's people are saying, but if people are saying that means people are using uh, PGRs. Anything else that you've, you've heard in, in the last couple of years here? I know some of the universities have started to look at more cultural practices. Um, so could that be another avenue we could take, you know, just truly trying to remove the seed bank that's in the soil through some type of mowing or verticutting, uh, just trying to get rid of the seed bank that's there. That is kind of what I've heard or seen from some of the university field days I've attended. I think the conversation has been changing a little bit, just seeing what's working and what's not. So I think there's room to, to identify new methods as well. In going to so many great university field days, and I wish we could hit more, uh, I imagine you get to UT, University of Tennessee in Knoxville, quite mm -hmm. a bit. Is there any other new POA research that you've come across, uh, whether it is from universities or elsewhere, just in terms of things that, that people should know about this plant? For sure. You mentioned UT. Uh, they have their University of Tennessee POA Day, which is always an awesome event. They put it on virtually. So I always encourage superintendents to watch that because it's new combinations, new, new approaches to chemical control, and they, they try and test these things for the superintendents. So it's really cool to see, and they're very thorough. So I think that's a really cool thing that we've seen out of University of Tennessee. All the other universities as well, um, I know here in the Southeast heavily are working with a project called Resist POA. This has been in the market now, I want to say for two or three years, I'd have to go back and see what year they actually started. But you talk about Florida, Auburn, uh, University of Georgia, Clemson, all, you know, all of those schools, Mississippi down here, plus others as you get more north. I'm just speaking to my, my region here in the Southeast that I know participate. They have gotten together to really collaborate and utilize all the knowledge that they have to really try to understand the resistance of POA because it has become such a big issue. And they're finding that there's different varieties and different products are resistant to different POA that's found in different areas. So that's an ongoing effort. And I know there's a lot of data that they're getting, but it is something that we can look to as providing solutions or some answers as to what we are doing now and what we can do in the future. You mentioned a minute ago that the University of Tennessee's POA Day is available virtually. And then you rolled through, I don't know, six, maybe six other Southeastern schools. Do you know, Kaylin, if any of those other schools offer uh, any of their 
field days virtually? And if any of them do, are they available archived? Is this something that turf pros could maybe do on their own schedules? Great question. Um, I am not all privy to all of that information. That would be great for those university cooperators to update. I know back in 2020, a few of them did go virtual. I am not certain if they are archived necessarily, but I think you know, UT as well, they have their field day in person, uh, but POA day is one that they have moved virtual across the board. So it's, it's kind of a separate to their own field day. Well, if any university folks are listening, take this as a subtle suggestion that maybe all field days should also be virtual and, and archived. And, and I don't know, I'm thinking out loud here. <laughs> or the option, you know, I, I do. Yeah. I love going to field days. I love getting my hands in the sand and understanding what's going on out there. And I think it also gives a really good pulse to understand what our distributors need, what our superintendents need, lawn care operators need as well. So I do enjoy being together for those field days and seeing it firsthand because it's, it's hard to identify POA, you know, virtually. And if you're in person, see that seed head, you're like, oh yeah, this is what I have on my course, or this is what I have in my lawn. So I think there is something to be said for both, for sure. Oh, absolutely. You, you can't beat going in person. Yeah. I mean, just goes without saying just for folks who maybe not, are not able to uh to take the day and go Absolutely. to various campuses before we wrap this up what perplexes you about poet Kalen? i mean you've been in, in this for years but i have to imagine even after years and years there's still things that that are going to flummox you the one that's obvious that we've been talking about is just this resistance. It is, it changes every year. Everybody is different. And that's one thing that we've talked about so much today is no course is the same. And I think that's what truly perplexes me. And even so you could be on the same course and the, you know, hole number one is fine. And hole number two could just be destroyed with POA because there's either a different seed bank or the environmental conditions are different within that one space. So it is, it's tough to sometimes provide some programs just because it, it is not a one size fits all. So it really is, we need to talk about what are the options? What have you seen? What have you done? What are the environmental conditions in your space? Do you drain well? Do you retain heat? It really is not a one size fit all program, which makes POA so much more challenging because you can't just throw one thing at it and call it a day. It's got to be a program approach to make sure that you're taking care of it now and also taking care of it five years from now. Along those same lines, what else would you like to know about POA that maybe you don't right now? I think moving forward, really trying to see if there are more cultural practices and understanding, is there something we can do along with chemical control to really round out a program? It is alarming, you know, we only have a handful of products that we can use for POA control. And we've seen products kind of come back in time. Uh, Curb is one that Corteva provides and it, it used to be a really popular product years ago. And it's, it's really made a comeback now that we're talking about all this resistance management because it provides a different mode of action. It provides pre and post control in one app. So it's cool that those things can, can make a comeback but what else can we throw throw into that program management or rotation to, to really try to get a lockdown on POA? Is there anything else that you want to talk about POA? Anything that we didn't mention, anything I didn't ask that is absolutely important for turf pros to know 
about this this grass or again because it is talking turf weeds this week For sure. yeah you know we talk about this season and we're getting into early order programs and the fall season and i i've already had multitudes of phone calls over the last several weeks trying to get a plan together so that's really what it's all about is going into the fall having a good plan in place it may work it may not but having a plan is critical because when you get to a point where it's too late, you've got POA everywhere, it's seeding like crazy, it's only going to make the situation worse. So I, I always try to encourage everyone to have a plan going into the fall. And here, you know, speaking for the Southeast in general, we're going to start cooling off here, typically, uh, soon. So sometime in September, October, we're going to start to see this germination. So having a plan now can really help you set yourself up for success in the future. And it really does go hand in hand with early order programs, which are occurring now and typically starting October 1st. So taking advantage of early order programs, I think can really help just to kind of understand what products are out there. How can you best utilize those programs for your specific golf course to make sure you're making those decisions based on your resources and the amount of team members that you have, your budget, everything that goes into it, really utilizing that early order program is critical. So Corteva, we have ultimate rewards that starts on October 1st and CURB is part of that program. So you can think about a greens application. You can think about a fairway or rough application and how can that fit into a program? October, fast approaching. One quick question on calendars. Obviously the, the early order programs mostly locked into place state-wise and they have been for a long time, but with the changing seasons in terms of when seasons are starting and ending and winters are later, at least up in the North, obviously not so much in the Southeast. Have you noticed or have you heard from folks who are maybe starting uh, their programs a little later than they used to, or is it not that bad in terms of the season changing uh, a little later? From an actual early order program standpoint or a POA program? More from a POA program. Yeah, um, it, again, course specific, but sure, the one sure. thing that we have been talking about, we being my superintendents and my distributors, we've had a really cool opportunity with CURB coming back into the mix. And as I mentioned, it does have pre and post activity. So we actually target a later application because mm -hmm. we can wait for POA you know, maybe it does pop in some of those shady areas. So we have a good tell of, okay, POA's about to be here. Let's get an application out, kill things that are popping up now and get some pre-emerge out for things that are going to come here in the future. I definitely think it is changing, but we have products to help combat that. And maybe some of those programs looking at a pre and a post can, can help with that as well. So I do encourage those that have done the same thing year over year to consider switching something up if it's timing and adding a different product in the mix or just strictly same timing, different product to, to help whatever they're facing. That's a really good thing to look at. But again, as we've talked about this, this whole, this whole podcast today, it is not one size fits all. So I always encourage everyone, you have to be out, do your best to get some soil temperatures, mark your rain, mark your air temps, know what you're going into, into the fall, because no fall is the same. So it's it's really critical to try to have a plan in place. Just like when you were back in middle school, don't copy answers from your neighbor. Don't copy uh, <laughs> don't copy what the course down the street is doing because it's probably going to be different. 
take notes, take notes, because it, it could be helpful, sure. <laughs> but maybe, maybe not coffee. You just never know, that's for sure. Kaylin Kanoki is the Southeast Turf and Ornamental Territory Manager for Corteva AgriScience. Kaylin, this was very informative. Uh, I feel like we could probably do this, I would say every year, but probably every every three to six months, just POA. Probably so. Yeah, there's there's always something to talk about when it's POA. And we're in the, the pre-emerge talk season now, and we'll soon be in the post and continue that all the way through April and May. So it's a, it's a year-round thing. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on Talking Turf Weeds. Of course. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. My thanks again to Kaylin Kanoki, Southeast Turf and Ornamental Territory Manager for Corteva AgriScience, for taking some time to talk POA. And my thanks to all of you for listening to Talking Turf Weeds and all the podcasts here on the Superintendent Radio Network. Beyond the Page, Greens with Envy, Off the Course, and Tartan Talks drop on Tuesdays. Real Turf Text with Trent Manning drops on the third Wednesday of every month. And Wonderful Women of Golf with Rick Wolfel drops on the first Thursday of every month. And there will be more episodes of Talking Turf Weeds throughout the rest of this year brought to you by Corteva AgriScience. Because your turf matters, and Corteva AgriScience is here to help you defend it. With a full spectrum of herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides developed to keep your course in check, you'll spend less time battling troublesome turf challenges and more time building a picture-perfect experience for your members. For everybody here at Golf Course Industry and the Superintendent Radio Network, I'm Matt Lowell. Thanks so much for listening.